Hey there DC fans, this is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Well, hey there, all you DC Comics News fans, comic book fans, fans of comic book podcasts, comic podcasts, lists, and all those sorts of things like that. Congratulations, you've arrived at the one place that meets all of your needs. Even if you just like to listen to this podcast while you're doing chores, riding on subway, train, slash other commuter transportation, or maybe it helps you go to sleep. I'm okay with any of them. If my dulcet tones can ease you into the softest of slumbers, well then, allow me. But until that occurs, please join with me as I get my chance to share with you my top five picks on this, this thing we call the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. This here would be episode number 115. I am your host, Seth Singleton, the guy with the voice that either puts you to sleep or allows you to simply enjoy my top five picks from DC Comics each and every week. Kicking things off. For starters, I don't know what it is, but it seems like the middle of the summer is when you can most often expect that people will get things going. I don't know, I think I'd probably want to have some projects done beforehand and enjoy my summer. But however you choose to spend your work, if you hear some buzzing, drilling, hammering, well, that's just the neighbors, the neighborhood getting through some interesting renovation projects from the sound of it. I, I don't see these things, I just hear them. So if you do too, you're not alone. I don't know what they're doing either. Thankfully, I sometimes am able to record at a time when they're not, but should they suddenly appear, like, out of nowhere? Well, just think of it as a member of the Bat family making that brief appearance. You know they're there, even if you can't see them, right? And there's some comfort in that. So, for my first book on this week's list, Catwoman number 33, Ah, Desolation Land. It's an ominous title. It's got a... Well, it's got a dangerous connotation, the way words of a certain type do. I was recently talking with someone about that movie, Outbreak, and how the term outbreak, especially in today's climate, has such a connotation that is easy con to connect to that classic film and all of the things that made it such a standout. Now, you might be asking yourself, what makes this book such a standout? Why this book? Well, for starters... I'm going to point to the fact that Ram V has not pulled back or shied away from telling some really awesome stories with Catwoman. In fact, he's taken those same talents and used them in wonderful ways in books like Swamp Thing and others that are Justice League Dark and others that you've heard appear here on the Spinner Rack. He's joined by artist Fernando Blanco, 
colorist Jordi Belair, and letters by Tom Napolitano. And there's so many voices in this story that it's great to have a great letter, quality letters who can bring those voices to life. Whether it's the conversation that is occurring over the two-way speakers that Catwoman is using to get a report, learn about the fact that at least one of her strays has been critically injured and is receiving medical attention in a hospital, while Allytown continues to burn and events from recent issues have begun to change the way Gotham City is responding to who had been the queen of the nest, that our Catwoman, and who had brought some order to the place, but along the way were the unfolding events surrounding the Magistrate, Batman, the Peacekeepers, Mayor Nakano, and all of those things are coming together, and the overspill and the effect is drastically uh, changing the landscape of not only Gotham City, but Alleytown. And now Nakano is bringing in peacekeepers and forces from the magistrate to help shore up the clearly underwhelmed GCPD. But this all feels like a, a manifestation, something that's been created. And because of that, it also feels a bit like one of my favorite words, a machination, one of those oh dubious and oh so undelectable dangers. And that is when someone puts a plot into place. Now, if you're familiar with the uh, Bat family, who they are, and, and what it means to, uh, well, to be part of the good and the bad, to, to know that there are dangers all around them. I think the thing that really sticks with me is how even when you've been on the other side of the law or in the sights of Batman and faced some of the dangers that come with being one of those people who have crossed him. There are those who know that there is no point in letting everything burn if it's only going to guarantee their own demise in the process. Which is why Basil, Basil, Carlo, has approached Catwoman with an amazing team, including Croc, Knockout, Firefly, Cheshire. They're all there. They're all willing to provide the support needed to help keep Alleytown free and along the way. Selena's been learning about just how well her team has prepared for this eventuality, the dangers that it places on all of them, and how it is that they as a group can find a way to persevere. Now, that doesn't mean that things are going to be easy. Now, one such person would be that of Detective Hadley. Now, Hadley had been a resource for Catwoman, even someone who is trying to work with her in a way to give her the freedom she was looking for without a partnership with strings attached. And that was not something that Catwoman was feeling at the moment. However, what Hadley learns while his actions have forced him to be chained to a desk, not literally, but, you know, certainly in the mind of himself, is that Father Valley has been contracted by the Penguin, something readers were aware of, but it's timed perfectly because when Father Valley makes his appearance, it's not only to take out someone who had been something of a rival to Catwoman, but now someone who had made a deal to help out those in Alleytown. Well, 
the arrival of Father Valley changes the dynamics of that relationship and arrangement, as well as making my dogs do a bit of restlessness right now. Now, they're going to be okay, but Catwoman we're going to have some concerns about, especially after Father Valley makes his dangerous appearance and puts to work those amazing skills he has demonstrated before, such as when he worked out his contract with the Penguin. Catwoman number 33 is presenting a really interesting story, one that is clearly working towards the events that we saw unfolding in Future State and also showing us just how amazing Ram V is when he builds out these great stories. And then you can watch the amazing talent of the art, the color, and the letters bring them all to life in a beautiful comic and a great start to this week's episode Five out of five pick for me, and one that I'm really happy to continue sharing. I feel like Catwoman has really carved a place for herself in the DC Universe with her comic. And I really feel it's the benefit of all fans. Now, little Bruno's settling down here, kind of sleeping at my feet. Let me know that, hey, Pop, you can keep talking about this one. It'd be great if you went ahead and charged things along so I can hear what the next book is. Because he just wants me to wrap this up so we can get back to chilling. And he knows that he's got my full attention. Well, for right now, it's not going to happen because my next book up is Nightwing number 82. And that's one of those ones that definitely steals the attention away from my little guys. Sorry, buddy. It's just how it goes sometimes. Nightwing now, Leaping Into the Light. Part 5 of this amazing story, written by Tom Taylor with the phenomenal pencils of Bruno Redondo, Rick Leonardi, and Neil Edwards in a triumvirate for the ages and matched by the inks of Bruno Redondo, Andy Lanning, and Scott Hanna, with colors by Adriana Lucas, letters by Wes Abbott, original cover by Bruno Redondo, gorgeous variant cover by Jamal Campbell, and a story inside that adds a whole new flavor, layer, chapter, and so much more to the history of Dick Grayson, the Flying Graysons, Haley Circus, all the reasons why it was thought to have been known that Zuko decided to pull the trigger and end the life of Dick's patient parents, patients, and thus putting him forever under the tutelage of Bruce Wayne, otherwise known as Batman, and taking on the role of Robin, which would later lead to his becoming Nightwing. Now, the thing that catches me with this is not only does the story have a, a wonderful feeling of just honesty and a sense of it if you found out something about your past and you based it on anything you've seen in soap operas and movies there's always the possibility if not the expectation of malice or danger and that feeling doesn't come across in this version of events as they are told and yet at the same time there is the problem with the fact that Dick Grayson knows that this chapter doesn't change the relationship he has had with the adversary who, at the end of last issue, brought him to this place where he could learn so much. A couple of lovely moments in here. Not only are the pencil and color combinations perfect for showcasing the exchange, uh, between Nightwing and this new member of his family in the relationship that he is able to develop with them. 
but also that wonderful blast back to the past, the, the, the feeling of those colors and lines, and the way the art captures the spirit of those days of when we first came across who Nightwing and Dick Grayson were. And then also, for me, this, this wonderful sensation that, that just sort of captured the spirit of the Bat family when they think he's in danger. And very quickly, Nightwing has to make the call to call them off before something <laughs> they do prevents him from learning what it is that he knows he's about to uncover. That doesn't mean he won't wish that he didn't invite them to hang around nearby, because by the end of this issue, it's suggested he might be willing to accept some help, or at least consider it in the face of, well, is there any better way to put it than danger? I mean, if you're going to end an issue, right, Mr. Taylor? Right? If you're going to tell a story, why not have the cliffhanger that keeps people coming back the next time around? Because it's danger that's in place and to be had. And don't forget, Nightwing, he's got a puppy now. He's got a little three-legger. And a cutie who is relying on him. Not just that, but the people who care about him. So Nightwing, even with this new information, has to go on being the hero who he is. And because of that, I'm looking forward to seeing if Nightwing number 83 gets a chance to be on an upcoming episode of The Spinner Rack. In the meantime, Nightwing number 82 is my second choice. If you're a regular, you know that this means it's time for our always popular ad break. If it's your first time, this is the part where I take a quick break, let you know about all the great things going on here at DC Comics News from the amazing ads collected by our wonderful editor-in-chief, Mr. Josh Rayner. And then when it's done, I come back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices, some snoring dogs, some stories to be told, and for us all, a little more spinner rack. We'll be right back after this. Talk to you in a minute. Well, much less than that, actually. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Hi everyone, I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it, here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Cougar. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and battle me, nards. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. Here's <laughs> <laughs> hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show, we're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff, let's go. Off the cuff, off the cuff. Anything off, you want, anything you cuff. want. 
Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bad? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bad. No, I didn't. Want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. Available exclusively on YouTube. And just like that, I mean, I feel like it was a pretty good, you know, short, not too long, but packed with information break. And if you're going to take a break, why not have one where you can learn a little bit? And well, if you're going to pick up a new book, why not have it be one that shows you a little bit so that chance you can as i did learn a little bit of the events that transpired that led to what we saw in future state regarding shazam as well as the titans and oh oh it's not looking good for billy batson um he's he's a good kid he's got a great heart and when he first appears in this story a fall to heaven tim sheridan um Scripting this wonderful introduction of the Titans in the midst of a battle in which they could use a heavy hitter. Clayton Henry's arts capture the wonderful, just joyful, gleeful, iconic, and almost timeless expression of Shazam, the grown-up version of Billy Batson. Clayton Henry's art matched by the colors of Marcelo Maiolo. And the story brought to life with the amazing Rob Lay on Letters. Original cover by Henry and Maiolo and Gary Frank and Brad Anderson teaming up with Steve Lieber for the variant covers. Ooh-wee. So, I don't really know how to say this one, and I'm just going to be honest. Is it chemo or is it chemo? Don't worry. Someone from DC Comics News will potentially contact me and let me know which one is the correct one. But I'd love to ask you, too. And if you think you know, tell me. Give me a reason. Give me a why. Because... So many times I'm aware of the fact that I come across names that I've read before I've actually heard. And it's that impression that is made in my mind. How I either phonetically or artistically or to context clues or whatever else I do. And that's the way I sort of see myself into the pronunciation. And that does not mean I am right. In fact, it's been proven on more than one occasion that I am in the absolute wrong. And yet, I persist. What are you going to do? Chemo chemo is the problem at hand at the beginning of this story, but the other problem, the one that's really frustrating Billy, is what is happening to his powers and how he has these horrible visions of flames, of the rock of eternity, and how, despite trying to push that all aside and drive forward, his powers fall short, he's changing back into Billy without any control, and it's not the only one he's affecting. It's affecting Freddy. It's affecting Mary. It's affecting the whole team. And they're all struggling because they don't know what to do. And I don't think they know nearly as much as Billy does, but really doesn't feel comfortable sharing. 
But when Mary arrives, he really doesn't have a choice. In fact, Billy is essentially forced to confront that without the powers that were being shared, Freddy is in really bad condition. In fact, according to Mary, they're talking weeks, perhaps even days, which is when um, Billy unhappily discovers that Dr. Fate is there, that Dr. Fate is talking with the Titans, and it's about something he doesn't want Billy to know. And it's not a crisis yet, but there is a temporal disruption, and there's the recognition that forces around the universe are being, well, drastically altered. For starters, those who've been keeping up with the Green Lanterns know that the central power has been destroyed. Bruno is unplussed with that snore, but at the same time, you know, he can kind of tell when I get sort of tense about stuff. I think he can sort of figure it out, like, hey, dude, this doesn't seem like it's good news. Then there's a the speed force barrier, which has been really <laughs> creating a lot of issues. And then, of course, there's the fact that, well, no one's quite sure what to say about the fact that the Rock of Eternity has been displaced. It's in the Underrealm, which leaves Billy with a choice of, well, does he just wait for things to get better? Does he listen to the judgment and decision-making of the Titans, or does he march off to hell on his own? He seems to think this is something he can accomplish, and yet there are those who are persistent in the fact that he might need the help of others that he did not anticipate, and that no matter what, it's not going to be an easy task. In fact, he suggests going the route of Wonder Woman, um, you know, on Themyscira, but I don't think he really understands what that means. Is he willing to get some help if it could help him get things done quicker or at least reach the solution faster? Well, he's given the opportunity to make that choice at the end of this issue, and I think it's a great reason why I and you will be coming back around to see if Shazam number two follows up on this idea and shows us just what it means to make a choice and live with it. Future State showed us just how bad things can potentially get. Is that where it's going, or is it still just a possible future? Hard to say, hard to know. I'm intrigued to see more. It's why I was happy to include Shazam number one on this week's Spinner Rack Top 5 pick, which means it's time to move into my fourth choice. And for that one, I decided to go with Superman and the Authority. Now, I always loved the authority. I always felt like they were this wild, irreverent approach to what would you do if you had the power and you could change the world? Did they always do it right? No, not always. Were they met with resistance? Yes, often, by those in power, by governments, by people with money, by other superpowered individuals. And yet, it, it, it made for this amazing possibility of just how far superheroes could go. So now we have a story in which one of the singular factors behind the authority and, and one who later was uh, a bit of a thorn in the side of Superman, someone who represented sort of the idea of the authority and the, the power that is potentially available to metas like someone like Manchester Black, if he formed a team, and how dangerous things could get if he decided to, as he demonstrates, use his power to its fullest. 
something in the what's so wrong about truth, justice, and the American way, uh, Superman demonstrates just how easy it is for him to let loose and how hard it is for him to contain all of his power and prevent it from being something that he uses to take down super villainous types and teams like that of Manchester Black. And now it comes around to this promise that Superman made to John F. Kennedy, Jack Kennedy as he calls him, to make sure that even if a person like President dies, that the ideals and the ideas live on. And it's that promise that brings Superman to approach Manchester Black with a possibility, a new future, and a way to develop a team that can fill in where Superman's powers have begun to wane and provide a balance to the world, one that can have Superman kind of act as the brain and all of these other heroes act as the different powers, parts, and pieces of, well, a singular superhero, one who has changed the world as we know it. It, it makes for a really compelling, interesting, compelling, interesting, it makes for a very compelling argument and an interesting approach to the idea, one that found me really captivated, just just really just following it all along and asking myself, okay, how far does this go? And and what is the idea that uh, that's being aimed at? What What's the focus that I should be wanting or looking for? And in the end, do I buy it? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, yeah, I pretty much went all in. I felt overall that this was an example of what happens when you get the best and you give them a chance to show us, as it was recently described in an article and talked about in the DC Comics News podcast, uh, when Superman has a bit of a midlife crisis, who to tell this story? Why none other than Grant Morrison, this, the story, All Our Tomorrows, with art by Mikhail Yanin, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Steve Wands, and an original cover by Mikhail Yanin with a variant cover by Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair. It's a phenomenal team-up. It's one of those great moments when you're able to see just what happens when, like, say your favorite musicians decide that they're going to team up and they're going to do something super cool, and you know that it's going to bring out the, the strengths of both. Well, welcome. For that shall be your experience with Superman and the Authority, number one. I'm looking forward to seeing if number two also makes its way onto the spinner rack. But before I can do that, i got to bring in my fifth and final choice this week. For me, this was a lovely blast to a past that showed me just how much I thought I knew and didn't know about the Justice League and DC Comics. I had always imagined that there was simply Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and the ultimate, you know, the Aquamans and, and all of those founding members, Hawkman and such. And instead, what I learned from my first introduction to the Justice League is that there was something else, the Bwahaha League, the <laughs> that wonderful reminder of just how zany things can get. And how wonderful a story can become because of that zaniness. And, well, that gets Bruno a little excited. He's sort of shuffling around and moving. But for me, it just brings back a wonderful sense of nostalgia. And one of the best elements from that Justice League for me was that of blue and gold, i.e. Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, 
The two get-rich-quick schemers, scammers, 13-year-old petulant boys always trying to get uh, a glimpse of TNA or just be a bit too gross and dirty and always sort of lusting after Fire, Ice, and all of the other members of the team who were female and clearly not interested in either Booster or Beetle. So... Why then is there a book about these two singular and titular figures? Well, simply put, Booster Gold has done some really amazing things. He's been a hero, but in the eyes of the public, he's just a showboat, just a, well, just a wannabe media sensation. And by wannabe, I mean heavily derided whenever he tries to do anything and turn on the camera so that everyone can see what he's doing and then play it up for the cameras. So in this wonderful story, Application Denied, all the best and worst qualities of Blue Beetle and Booster Gold are told by Dan Jurgens, with uh, gorgeous art and cover by Ryan Sook, letters by Rob Lay, and a variant cover by Dave Johnson. You're going to be in great shape if you pick up one, the other, or both of those covers, I should know, and I'm going to leave it at that. What I will say is that the story inside is worth so much more than the covers. The covers are great. The covers are gorgeous. That's, that's the wonder and joy of it all. And yet at the same time, it's the story of these two friends, of <laughs> two people who have such a wonderful chemistry that just love being fun with each other and making fun of each other and laughing at themselves and the world around them and pointing out just how ridiculous it is. And that's something that's easy for Booster, who's getting derided heavily by all of those fans who simply, <laughs> well, they have more fun picking on these guys than they do cheering them on. And because of that, we get some really neat stuff as far as I'm concerned. These great moments where Booster is live streaming via skeet and no one really cares they're all laughing at him and picking on him except for those who say you know i like those guys they're pretty good i'm pretty good with them i want them to do well that's only one voice but it is quite an enthusiastic fan of the blue and gold and it's why when booster gets himself in trouble trying to rescue the justice league imprisoned on an alien ship it's well blue beetle that Skeets runs off to find. Along the way, I love the commentary from the viewers talking about how much they loved it when Booster got his, well, head smashed in by Doomsday and how cool it is that he's such, you know, a goofball for them to make fun of. But things get really interesting and serious when Blue Beetle and Booster are able to penetrate the ship and rescue the League before the ship departs for you know, some far-off destination. This leads to Blue Beetle getting an amazing offer from the current Justice League. However, that offer doesn't extend to Booster, and for that reason, Blue Beetle shows his loyalty. Ted Cord does not choose a better team over his friendship, a thing he's done in the past and one he's probably going to kick himself in, you know, wherever he likes to. But uh, it's not going to be the first time. And if he stays friends with Booster, it probably won't be the last. Curious if you got a friend like that. You know, the one you're always willing to do stuff for, and they don't do the same back, and yet you're still friends. And even though it costs you great relationships and great working opportunities and things like that, 
Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the chances have all passed. In fact, the final page suggests there is more in store and adventures to be had in Blue and Gold number two. Looking forward to seeing if that book makes it on here for an upcoming issue of The Spinner Rack. And that's it. That's my fifth and final choice. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out. This has been the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 115. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. It's been a great time hanging out, talking all these books with you. You like what you hear, you want to hear more of this and all the great content from DC Comics News you heard in that ad break, just hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. And then you're all set. We can't wait to bring it your way. And it'll be in your feed. Everything from the weekly podcast to... I Am The Night, Mad Love, and all sorts of fun original programming, and even the stuff we've got on YouTube. Hey, it's there. It's for you. So will we. We want to hear what you're saying. Find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube. Use the at symbol in DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. Send us a message. Tell us what you're thinking. Tell us what you like, what you don't what we do well, what we can do better. And we can't wait to talk with you and have some fun getting to know each other along the way. Until the next time, we only have one brief, great reminder for you between now and every new episode. And that is in the meantime to always read more comics. Have a great one. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you soon.